0: Obama and Trump, two newly revealed stories about the transition of power from one president to the next. One is a warning. What Barack Obama told Donald Trump could be the biggest threat he'd inherit as president. The other is an accusation. President Trump is claiming, without evidence, that Obama wiretapped his communications during the campaign. It's Monday, March 6 where did the orders come from to intercept these phone calls to record these phone
3: calls how many more phone calls involving michael flynn and other would-be administration officials were intercepted and recorded were the president of the united states the now president of the united states donald trump
0: were his phone calls intercepted and recorded those were the questions that mark levin a popular talk radio show host posed to his listeners last Thursday. He was talking about the intercepted phone calls that led to the resignation of Trump's national security advisor, Michael Flynn. And then Levin made a case. There is a much bigger scandal here. We have a prior administration, Barack Obama and his
3: surrogates who were supporting Hillary Clinton and their party, the Democrat party, who were using the instrumentalities of the federal government to surveil members of the Trump campaign. And to put that information out in the public. Those are police state tactics. Nothing General Flynn did, nothing General Sessions has done, are even in the same category as that.
0: That was on Thursday night, March 2nd. On Friday morning, Breitbart News published a story. Obama's actions, Breitbart said rather than conspiracy theories about alleged Russian interference in the presidential election, should be the target of congressional investigation. The Breitbart story specifically referenced Mark Levin's radio show. The day after that, Saturday morning, at 6.36 a.m., Donald Trump sent out a tweet from Mar-a-Lago. Terrible, he wrote. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. Trump offered no proof of his claim and didn't say who it was he'd just found out from. But here's what we do know. Top aides to President Trump had read the story from Breitbart and circulated it around the White House. On Sunday morning, three days after Mark Levin's original radio broadcast, President Trump demanded that Congress investigate his claim. Hours later...
4: I will say that for the part of the national security apparatus that I oversaw as DNI, there was no such wiretap activity mounted against uh, the, president, uh, the president-elect at the time or as a candidate or against his campaign.
0: James Clapper, who has served as the director of national intelligence for the past six years, went on Meet the Press, where Chuck Todd asked him.
2: The FBI, for instance, had a FISA court order of some sort for a surveillance. Would that be information you would know or not know? Yes. You would be told this? I would know that. If there was a FISA court order yes. on something like this?
4: Um, Something like this, absolutely. And
2: at this point, you can't confirm or deny whether that exists? I can deny it. There is no FISA court order?
4: Not not to my knowledge.
2: Of anything at Trump Tower? No. Well, that's an important uh, revelation at this point.
0: Inside the government, doubts about Trump's claims are mounting. The Times on Sunday reported that FBI Director James Comey had asked the Justice Department to publicly reject Trump's claim because he believes it falsely insinuates that the FBI broke the law. It's an extraordinary request by the FBI to rebuke the sitting president of the United States. The Justice Department, which oversees the FBI, has not publicly responded to Comey's request as of Sunday night. The last time that President Trump demanded a federal investigation like this was back in late January believe that millions voted illegally in this election. And what evidence do you have of widespread voter fraud in this election, if that's the case? The president does believe that. He has stated that before. I think he stated his concerns of voter fraud and, and people voting illegally during the campaign. And he continues to maintain that belief based on studies and evidence that people have presented to him. Back then, Trump claimed again on Twitter, and without citing any sources, that three to five million people had voted illegally on election day, depriving him of a victory in the popular vote. So far, no such investigation has been launched, and no evidence of widespread voter fraud has materialized. We'll be right back.
1: When times became uncertain, Wampley pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Wampley has helped one million businesses across America to secure much needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Wampley helps small businesses thrive. Visit Womply.com to learn more.
4: Well, I just had uh, the opportunity to have an excellent conversation with President-elect Trump. Uh, It was wide-ranging. We talked about foreign policy. We talked about domestic policy. Uh, And as I said last night, my number one priority in the coming two months is to try to facilitate a transition that ensures our president-elect is successful.
0: In the days after the 2016 election, the president sat down for a series of conversations with the president-elect who would soon replace him.
2: Well, thank you very much, President Obama. Um, This was a meeting that was going to last for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and uh, we were just going to get to know each other. We had never met each other.
3: Uh, I have great respect. Uh, The meeting lasted for almost an hour and a half, and it could have, as far as I'm concerned, it could have gone on for a lot longer.
0: We now know that of the many things the two men discussed, one of them was a threat, a threat that Obama told Trump was perhaps the single biggest facing the Trump presidency from its first day.
2: We discussed a lot of different situations, some wonderful and some difficulties.
0: And Trump learned of a program, unknown to all but a handful of Americans, that is quietly working to sabotage that threat. Bill, thank you for being here in the studio. David, thank you for coming on from Washington. A pleasure. Great to be here. David Sanger and William Broad have reported together on nuclear arms and missile defense for decades. David, what did President Obama say to President-elect Donald Trump in that conversation?
3: From the accounts that have dribbled out since, and they have only dribbled out, and from President Trump's statement that he was told about one really big problem, it's become clear that that problem was North Korea.
0: Now to North Korea, a nation that has nuclear weapons and is tonight threatening to use them against the United States. Listen to this, a Fox News alert now, North Korea intensifying its show of force overnight. A first strike nuclear attack with a vow to engulf Washington DC in a sea of fire.
3: The latest blast so strong, it triggered a 5.3 magnitude earthquake. And in fact, wow. President Obama and his national security team were so concerned about what could happen during the transition with North Korea, that they had prepared a sort of playbook of what they could do and how they might react if the North Koreans test launched an intercontinental ballistic missile right around the time of the inauguration. Whoa. In fact, the first deputies meeting of the National Security Council, the first week of the Trump administration was on North Korea.
0: That's kind of mind blowing about the threat of this happening during the inauguration. But beyond that, this has to come as an incredible surprise to not just Donald Trump, but to our listeners, that of all the threats facing the United States, in President Obama's mind, it is North Korea.
3: I think it comes as a surprise, Michael, because President Trump, in the run-up to taking office, had talked about ISIS and terrorism as the number one threat. We take- ISIS, number one. We take out ISIS. And had complained about the Iran deal. This is one of the worst deals ever made by any country in history. The deal with Iran will lead to nuclear problems. All they have to do is sit back 10 years. But let's face it. ISIS can't strike the United States in a large way. And Iran, whatever you think of the Iran deal is without nuclear materials of a significant nature for at least the next 10 to 15 years. What did that leave President Obama? It left him worried that the North Korean threat, the combination of a country that has been working on nuclear weapons, but had stepped up its testing program and was now successfully detonating weapons that had a yield larger than what destroyed Hiroshima. And that had been accelerating its missile program quite rapidly one of the things michael that gave all the techie
2: people in the government a lot of jitters a lot of jitters Mm. is that the north koreans had benefited enormously from waves of russian missile designers after the cold war
0: and why were the russians coming to north korea
2: their, their rocket industry went bust. All their ICBM making with the end of the Cold War, all the arms control agreements that were signed, basically their rocket industry imploded. So they were, they were people they were, looking for jobs. They, they wanted to feed their families. In one case, um, a group of 20 um, Russian missile experts were stopped at the airport with their families, with their wives. I mean, they were migrating. They were looking for work elsewhere. They were hungry.
0: And they found that work in?
2: North Korea. And they helped this little country develop some of the most sophisticated small rocket engines on the planet. Intercontinental ballistic missile. Ballistic like a ball. You throw it up in the air and it comes back down. Same idea. You have these big rockets that fire like crazy and send a ball, in this case a nuclear warhead, up into outer space. It coasts for thousands or many thousands of miles, and then gravity brings it falling back down, just like the arc of a a basketball, you know, tossed across a court, coasting back down to the Earth to find its target. It is the preeminent long-range threat on the planet today.
0: So at some point, the U.S. decides that North Korea's nuclear program, married with progress it's made on ballistic missiles is it's gotten too far, and they've come too close for comfort to some destination. When was that moment?
2: When was it, David? It was like after the third test. It was President Bush who first started ordering anti-missile interceptors in California and Alaska. He made that decision in, what, 2002?
0: That would be a, the establishment of stations where you what would, would happen? You
2: would launch a ground-based interceptor. You're like, oh my gosh. There's an incoming warhead from North Korea. You launch an interceptor. It goes up, speeding as fast as it can to try to intercept it.
0: By intercept, I'm assuming you mean an American missile strikes a North Korean missile in the middle of the air and somehow destroys it.
2: Right. The jargon they use in the field is hit a bullet with a bullet because it's really hard to do. They test these things over and over, and unfortunately, the system's fail more often than they succeed. It's that
3: hard. For the story we were doing, Bill and I went back and totaled up how much money the US government has spent trying to hit this bullet with a bullet. And basically comes to $300 billion since the start. That's a a ton of money.
0: Even by Washington standards, that's a fair chunk. So what happened when President Obama came in?
3: Obama had been a veteran of the first big sophisticated cyber attack that the United States conducted, which was on Iran's nuclear program. And it bought him some time and enabled him to negotiate the
0: Iran deal by slowing the Iranians down. It didn't stop them. And David, you wrote very pioneeringly of those attacks. Yeah. and, And in short, how did they work? They worked by inserting malware. ...into
3: the computer systems of Iran's underground nuclear plant at Natanz... ...and making the centrifuges, these machines that... ...spin away uh, at supersonic speeds, uh, purifying uranium. It actually destabilized them... ...and made them blow up. It was quite dramatic.
0: Right. It extraordinary.
3: And it became... The source of, you know, many wild stories about what you could do with cyber, because for the first time, you had a cyber attack that was not merely affecting other computers, but was actually destroying things in the real world and those exotic options
2: looked especially good because the traditional anti-missile defenses didn't look so hot, right? They fail more often than they succeed. Are you going to, re- you know, look to them to protect your country from it a North, North Korean attack? What what else can you do?
3: Essentially, in the case of North Korea, the Obama administration looked at it and said, "Look, it's too late to do what we did in Iran. You're not going to stop the North Koreans from getting nuclear weapons. They have nuclear weapons." Mm-hmm. So the only thing that it made sense to go focus on was the missile system. The idea here is to draw on a new technology called left of launch, where you try to cripple an enemy's missiles before they ever take off, before you have to intercept it. Then the interceptor can become your backup system. If you think
2: about a missile timeline, the countdown, five, four, three, two, one... that's the left in the in the timeline that's considered a left of ignition right the right part of the timeline is when the missiles rising taking off heading for, heading for wherever you want to go right it's nobody knows it because it's a, a neoglysm it's just emerged out of the federal government for this new
0: program so you're you're killing the missile during that countdown essentially
2: before or. Right in the early seconds of its operation, the way the interceptors in California and Alaska are supposed to work are like 20 minutes later when the warheads have been deployed, when they're barreling through outer space in speeds in excess of four miles a second. That's really, really hard work to try to smack those babies, you know, hitting a bullet with a bullet. That's that's a real hard thing.
0: So to have any idea whether this is actually working you have to look for launch failures, right?
2: Right, that's what caught our attention initially. The normal progression in rocketry is, you crawl, you walk, you run. Suddenly,
1: North Korea attempted to test fire a ballistic missile off its east coast this morning, but failed.
2: The North Koreans were going from running.
1: A South Korean military official says North Korea has failed in an attempt to launch a medium range missile. To walking. Another failure. To crawling. The latest in a series of setbacks for a ballistic weapons program that aspires to threaten the U.S. mainland.
2: Just the reverse, and we kind of were scratching our head and saying, what the heck is going on here?
0: So is this left-of-launch concept, this idea that you're going to knock it out before it has a chance to be launched through some variety of of cyber attack, is this... And other exotic forms. And other exotic forms. Yep. Is this the future and the answer to stopping an attack from North Korea?
3: David? I'd say it's an answer, but not the answer. It's certainly no silver bullet. The problem with cyber-related systems and all electronic systems is that they're never static. The North Koreans get better at defending against these kind of attacks, and they get better at hiding their missiles. And meanwhile... The United States' ability to detect these missiles and to get into cyber systems is improving. And so everything that used to be stable about the mm. nuclear order, we knew where all the Soviet and then Russian missiles were. And we did. They knew, and we did. They knew where all of ours were. And we kind of stayed away from each other's command and control systems. That's all falling apart. In the chaos of the cyber age and in many ways that's one of the scariest parts of this story because it's one thing to go use cyber to try to stop the north koreans from being able to hit the west coast of the united states with a nuclear weapon i don't think anybody would tell you that was a bad idea but we might get a little bit nervous if we thought that the russians and the chinese and the united states were all messing inside each other's command and control systems because that would destroy mutually assured destruction. It might make a country take a bet that it could attack another country and never suffer retaliation.
0: But David, what you and Bill are suggesting is that the United States is starting to do that, starting to play around with other countries' nuclear systems. And if they're doing that- Not
2: countries. I mean, we're talking specifically about North Korea. One country.
0: We found one country. If, If that's true, are we inviting in any way, and maybe not intentionally- our adversaries to do the same to us? Is it a Pandora's box?
3: That's a really fascinating debate. Hard question. And that's one of the reasons we ran this story. We interviewed one expert out at at Stanford uh, University who said to us in the course of of our interview, you know, this may be a really good idea now, and 30 years from now, it may look like a really bad idea.
0: So in in a sense, this is journalism that's also attempting to pose a question to United States and to our military about what they're doing and whether they're giving thought to the implications of it.
2: Right. But also it's something that journalism has done over and over and over in these top secret national security programs. Right. We talked about nuclear weapons in days when the military didn't like it. We did it with drones. Drones.
4: It is important for everybody to understand that this thing is kept on a very tight leash. It's not Uh, uh, a bunch of folks uh, in a room somewhere just making
3: decisions. And that forced President Obama to take the drone program out of the secret world and actually give some speeches and define the rules under which we would use them and not use them.
4: And before any strike is taken, there must be near certainty that no civilians will be killed or injured. The highest standard we can set.
3: And then the coverage about the attack on Iran, the cyber attack on Mm -hmm. Iran, was also intended to ask the question, is this the road we want to go down, where you use cyber to mess with another country's nuclear systems?
0: David, finally, the biggest question of all is just how immediate this threat really is. At this very moment, could North Korea nuke the United States tomorrow?
3: No, they couldn't, at least not with a long-range missile. And they may not be able to do it in a year, and they may not be able to do it in two years. But most of the estimates we've heard are that they'll be able to do it within three or four or five years unless their ICBM technology is stopped or they suspend their tests. Even failed tests teach them something. But they are
0: testing.
2: Yes, but they're not, um, they're, <laughs> they're not getting a lot of positive reinforcement. They're not finding that, oh yeah, we're really mastering this. They used to run. They used to walk. In some respects, they're crawling. So do they have confidence that they can win the race? Maybe not.
0: And that's thanks to President Obama and this program that's been underway?
2: To President Obama's program that's been underway, to earlier efforts, which we can kind of see, you know, glimmering out of the corner of our reporting. There's been a lot of attention given to this for a long time because it's, it's such a deadly threat. It's your tax dollars at work in some respects, and I think it's a good thing.
0: Well, Bill and David, this was really sobering, and I'm really grateful for your time. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Michael. David and Bill say the Trump administration has so far held two meetings to discuss the North Korea situation. Just this morning, North Korea launched four ballistic missiles, a test that seems to be in response to last week's joint military exercise— between the United States and South Korea. Here's what else you need to know today. President Trump is expected to sign a new executive order as early as today, restricting travel from predominantly Muslim countries. It will replace his original order, which has been blocked by courts. The new travel ban would exclude Iraq, considered an American ally in the fight against Islamic terrorism. And unlike the first ban, the revised order would not affect people with green cards or valid visas from entering the U.S. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow.
1: You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash daily. netsuite.com slash daily.